The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Radicat, and you can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on on Twitter, and you can find me at uh, excuse me, you can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. You can find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can find me. Uh, at Ryder Cat on Twitter. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And uh, the sound effect that you've heard come from another other than a man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Yes. And uh, this being the Comic Book Chronicles, you can find this here podcast on the Coast Leather Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Um... Yeah, you can also find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m., with exception of tonight, obviously, uh, for reasons we'll get into at uh, youtube.com slash theclicknation and twitch.tv slash comicbookchronicles. There we go. I was about to say, why did I not, not see us live? I was about to get scared there for a second. But folks... Um, we are coming to you on a Friday night, if that wasn't, uh, clear. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to us on the audio version, this doesn't matter, because <laughs> you'll be hearing us later either way. Um, because we had movie protocol last night for Thor, Love and Thunder, which we are about to get into spoiler light, very spoiler flight free, uh, right. impressions of the movie, because I know it just came out today as if we were recording for, for most folks. So. Right. We'll still ring the bell oh, yes. because it's at, you know, ultimately it's going to be, you know, there, uh, we can't help but provide like a little context when it comes to the discussion. So incoming spoilers for Thor, Love and Thunder in three, two, one. All right. So um, overall thoughts. What do you what did you think of the movie, Rodicat? I, for the most part, I enjoyed it just like I enjoyed the last one. You know, it has a uh, Taika Waititi's trademark, um, trademark humor in in the, all the way through. I do think right off the bat, I wish, uh, as I've said with previous movies, they would not show so much in the trailers because I can guarantee you that some of the things that that um, showed up in the trailers, while still funny, would probably have landed a, a lot bigger if they weren't already shown. Right. Right. I mean, we try our best to, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, you can, 
tell from our previous discussions, you know, over the course of our uh, uh, the show, and uh, you know, even going back to when we just, you know, when we start talking about getting tickets for this movie, mm-hmm. we tend to avoid anything after the second trailer. Yes. Once the second trailer drops, it's you know, turn it off. You know, swipe on the on the advertisement if it pops up on your phone right, or on or YouTube or whatever. You click mm-hmm. past it. You do your best to avoid it. So, I definitely understand that. You know, uh, I can tell you that I appreciated um, uh, what they were trying to do. Uh, I I can I I think that my first impression is still the strongest one. I felt like this was more of a superhero movie than Ragnarok was. Because Ragnarok was so much more like the beginning of Thor's journey, where at this point Thor is in recovery. Right. You know, he's literally in recovery after all of the events of Ragnarok and Infinity War spanning five years into Endgame. And then now we're in the immediate aftermath of Endgame and Thor has spent some time gallivanting around the galaxy as a guardian. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a real spoiler because that's where Endgame ended. Right. Right? And ultimately, that's what this movie overall felt like to me, that it was much more of a superhero story. Um, But there's definitely, um, you know, there's definitely some rom-com elements in it. Uh, I can tell you that some of the sexual tension or the romantic tension was stronger here. And it's not a spoiler that Jane Foster's in this movie was stronger in this movie than it was in either of the first two Thor movies between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. You know, maybe it was the time away from each other. Maybe it was the fact that Jane was playing a different side of the character, you know, a little bit more confident, a little bit more brash, Hmm. you know, and, and literally empowered. So I wonder if maybe that's where the chemistry came from. I was going to also add that maybe it was the difference in direction of the movies, the prior movies, as opposed to this one. Also, that you mean in terms of the you mean in terms of the story and how the characters went, because I feel like because right. so that's my point. That's my right. point. It's like the characters literally empowered. So okay, so, so here, here she's hear doing me more. Out. Right. So yeah. hear me out. So. I, I likened Jane, uh, the Natalie Portman's Jane performance not too far in the, in the original Thor movie, I should point out. Kind of like her portrayal of Padme in, um, in, in the, the prequels, in a way. And in, a, in all I'm, three? No, not all three, but just, just in general. Mm. Um, because we know Lucas did those, and uh, there's rumors that he wasn't great on you know giving whole whole amounts of direct you know uh directing i, I, I mean it wasn't is. so bad it wasn't as bad as you're breaking my heart well I, that is still him so <laughs> that's and which is actually kind of funny because during one particular scene i think you know what i'm talking about i thought about that for like five, five seconds i'm like please don't let them go that way <laughs> i mean obviously at that point it was already set you know right but I was like, oh, God, this, this gives me flashbacks of, of that for, for some stupid reason. But regardless, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I kind of like in her, her, Thor, her original, uh, her third one performance to kind of that where I feel like the direction was. I, and I don't know anything about the direction of that one. Like, it felt like there was more sparse and they didn't even know, like, they may not have known how to handle her character 
then right uh and, and going into you know the dark world kind of going from that into that right and you know and part of that i think was everyone not know not really knowing how the how jane and thor would interact without donald blake being the intermediary correct which is how they were introduced to each other in the comics so um that changes some aspects of the character's relationship right you know so, from what we were used to seeing so but anyway i'm sorry to uh, uh go off on that tangent um no no no, no. But the, the but but the point still still is being that um, I feel like and I, again don't not knowing anything of those you know of, of uh, too much of between those movies or, or not and this one and the benefit of time being the case like um, there's only so much we can put on the actors for for their portrayals of stuff and how much direction they get early you know especially in the early movies such as such mm-hmm. those those were that's why i'm kind of liking it to 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 that um but that being said i agree with you on the the confidence and the empowerment part of it just to make a long story short because it definitely seemed like it was a little bit more different uh defined here than the past movies have done with her character now granted you know she she also you know spoiler alert you've seen the trailers you know she, she's a thor in this one also so you know, and she's also uh well, actually no, we'll leave that part out. But um Right. You know, um but she's a Thor in this one, so that kinda lends itself to having a little bit more confidence built into it, you know, and in and in the portrayal as as that than previously when she was not. Right. So but anyway, what what about you? Um you know, you know, I, you know, I, I like the movie overall. You know, it wasn't as zany yeah. as Ragnarok. You know, which is I think what everyone is comparing this to. Obviously, it's the same director, same writer. So, you know, it just wasn't as off the wall as Ragnarok was. But um, I, I felt like it didn't have to be because of the story because of the more dramatic story they was trying to tell because if you're familiar with the source material you know this is basically Jason Aaron's run on Thor um Thor God of Thunder and then Mighty Thor and then Thor again after that mm-hmm. and um you know ultimate and and then King Thor even and we don't get to the King Thor stuff but i think elements of that encroached a little bit on this on this uh, movie a little bit possibly, you know, and, and no, no spoilers here. That's just, you know, that's just my, uh, my, my analysis of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the, the humor was still there. I don't know if it was necessarily toned down. I don't just, I just don't think that there was as much of it just because I felt like there was a bit more of a serious nature to some of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and also, you know, there's some rom-com stuff in there that that was funny, but it, it didn't feel like uh, we got like um, uh, the Stanley Barber scene, which was just insane, right? Because that got everybody like laughing, falling out of their chairs during Ragnarok because it was just so zany. You know, there's one particular. Uh, scene early on that involves the guardians that is a little bit like that where it's just hysterically funny but um but ultimately 
uh, I, I don't think they had like that same level because, you know, the, the villain Gore, the God Butcher is, you know, not a, not someone to trifle with. It's not, you know, it's not the same thing as, uh, the games master. It's not. Right. Right. <clears throat> Actually, oh, <laughs> there was a part of that. I shouldn't be saying this, but this is, and it's probably wrong for me to bring this up, but, um, there was a part of his betrayal, um, that obviously it's weird to know who is, is Christian Braille. He played Batman. You know, I'm not saying that this, this was, there was a lot of Batman like quality to some of his portrayal, but let's face it, it's it's kind of hard not to see just a little bit of it in there. But um, and I wasn't looking for him to say swear to me or say anything like that. But <laughs> but it also got me thinking about like, dang, you remember when he did that ep- that rant that uh, people somebody caught on tape and. and um, uh, I, I don't know if he, I don't think he was. I can't remember what movie he was thinking. I don't remember uh, if he was filming at the time, but he went on right. this like big rant, you know, this big, you know, uh, epic rant. And I was like, part of that feels like he's going to challenge, channel, channel a little bit of that. And but he, he didn't, but almost, almost went there. Listen, I was, I was just hoping that he never had to yell out, Rachel, Rachel. <laughs> My goodness gracious, man. So yeah, um, but uh, overall. I, oh, and going back to what you were saying about um, the, we're getting the story for. I know we talked about this earlier before, uh, right before the show. We seem like we might be getting seeds of not store centric story uh, uh, in in this. We don't know that for a fact, uh, but there was there was a couple of lines that we had talked about earlier before the show that seemed like it might be pulling from from. Um, uh, I, I guess I can go through this because it doesn't matter it, unless you're keeping up with the comic books, you you won't know about it. But um, a fairly recent uh, Guardians of the Galaxy run that might mm-hmm. be pulled up, and also from another storyline that that we might be heading towards. At least in in my theory, uh, we might be heading towards. Well, I mean, excuse me, the, not the theory that we're heading towards is almost obvious that we might we were heading for that particular story, but something pulled from part of that that might've been put here without going too far into that. And I know it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to do this because like, there's so much you want to say right now, but the movie just right. came out. Right. Listen, we all have to remember these are adaptations, right? All right. these MCU movies and TV shows are adaptations. So they're pulling from multiple generations, especially for something like Thor. They're sometimes pulling from multiple generations of comic books. Right. You know, multiple generations of writers and artists have contributed to this character. And and they're pulling, you know, from different eras of writing and different storytelling lines, storytelling um, uh, and different storylines from different eras. So it's it's weird that they're introducing a character that in Marvel comics continuity has been around since, you know, the earliest age, the earliest days. Right. Well, and we also know for a fact they're continuing to do that, though. No, no, exactly. No, but what I was going to add, though, is the characterization that some people are critical of Thor now, where he's kind of like a bumbling oaf, right, is the characterization that they give a character that they're getting ready to introduce into the MCU now from the comics. We think. Right. We don't no, no, but that's, know the, how gonna, that's the but... comic book characterization. Right. That's my point. Right. Whereas it seems like, based on who has been cast, Royal, you know, um, that's a mild, the mildest spoiler. You have to be in the know to get that one. You know, 
Um, he, uh, uh, you know, uh, it seems like they're going to portray this version of the character as being overly, even deadly serious. And it's just a, it's it's a de- it's a a, a a departure for the character, you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We, we we will see. I mean, I feel like there's they could, but they also we don't know how far they're going to take any characters they they've introduced into this one, or right. you know. So right. uh, all I have to say though is that you know the the char- the the actor that they have cast is going to have to work out a lot. <clears throat> Because Hemsworth was, we've said this on the show before, Hemsworth was jacked for this movie. He was massive. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, we've seen in the trailer when when Zeus snaps off all his clothes. That dude was jacked. He was like the cover of Muscle and Fitness right there. Right. So, okay. So here, so here's a funny, uh, uh, funny anecdote uh, that I have uh, in my viewing. I took my wife to go see this movie. Um, I just start laughing just on that one. Uh huh. Because you, you, you probably know where I'm going. She has not seen the seen trailer. Trailer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so and, and I mean, and, she's seen. I, well, watched that Ragnarok or um uh, pre, uh like a couple of days ago, regardless. So she hadn't seen the trailer, so she hadn't seen that part. So I heard her. So I heard her. Um, she was like, "Oh, <laughs> when that happened." <laughs> Which I kind of figured she was she was going to do anyway because you know it's like she's she's very expressive like that. But I was like <laughs> I had to giggle because because of that because I knew she hadn't seen well yeah as far as I know she had not seen because that notorious particular for, scene in the trailer right right because as far as I know like she she's notorious for skipping for skipping um, commercials when she can because she usually tapes everything so mm-hmm. it was standard reason to why she would not but she she wouldn't have seen it and I I don't know if she would have told me whether she did or not because I forgot to ask her. But so so that was that was a pretty interesting, and th- which is why I go back to say that if stuff like that wasn't in the trailer, you know, it probably would have played a little bit. But now, granted, it's still probably it still played in the audience that that I was uh that I was in, right? Because um, it's not blurred out anymore. So now, if, you know, some some people in the audience, and I le- I, I don't even you know. Uh, 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 single out any particular gender or 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 or, right. or, or even uh, orientation here. Just some people in the audience are looking specifically for right. the less blurred out or the non blurred out version. But now that now that you say that, it was like, yeah, was they did did they did they not blur it still? It was not blurred out. I guess I wasn't paying attention because I knew that part was coming. I was like, okay, well, exactly. Yeah. You know, but but um, you know, like if I if I recall seeing seeing the even in the trailers and the uh, you know on on uh, when it first came out, we talked about it. It, could, it was noticeably blurred, right? So yeah, very funny, very so. funny. But anyway, but anyway, you know, yeah. just, just to just to um, you know, kind of wrap this 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 little discussion up, I think that. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, it's hard to discuss what what we think is going to happen next for this group of characters without right. spoiling it. Right. Right. So we'll we'll I think cut it off there and say that there you know there it's going to be a topic for discussion coming up over the rest of Phase Four. You know, um, what did you think of this movie overall in terms of the rest of Phase Four? I thought it was one of the stronger movies. So going back to what I was what, what I was going to say earlier, then you kind of hit up on it. Um, this movie was about recovery, and that's kind of what Phase Four has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that respect, it's been 
actually, uh, it's been great to see that journey with a bunch with a, a bunch of characters, you know, coming out of uh, Infinity War, including Thor, because he had an arc that you know could have gone a couple of different ways, but uh, I guess, but but you know, still kind of went down. To, well, coming out of Infinity War, you know, especially with what shape he was in in Endgame, in Endgame, right? You know, you 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 kind of wonder if if that part of his uh, recovery was over, but it wasn't. So, I, I I for that part, I enjoyed that as a movie. You know, in itself, it weirdly enough, it flicks kind of hard, and I'm not saying that in a good or bad way. Um, but because I'm still kind of processing some stuff. Like, yeah, the the humor seems toned down, but still was there enough to be like, well, you get. You know, even with the serious tone of a lot of stuff that was in a or, or, or one particular part of the movie that was there, I enjoyed it for all of that. But I don't know. There's there's still some part of it I'm still kind of processing. That seems kind of I don't know. Like it feels kind of samey to the other to the other movie, obviously, and to like I said earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy in a way that and I could very well be wrong, and I and I, and I probably am, but I feel like they kind of leaned into something you know, just kind of keep going down that, that road, which could be good or bad, you know? So I'm still kind of feeling that they kind of leaned into something a little, little, little much. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, there's definitely something that they leaned into a bit much. Um, that too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'll just leave it at that. I will leave it at I that. I mean, part of that was in the trailer anyway, so was, so that's not necessarily a spoiler. Right. So, but, um, you know, I had a lot of fun. I had yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting that that uh, we've, you know, I, I guess that's kind of like the overarching theme that, you know, Phase 4 is a little bit about recovery from the trauma of Infinity War and Endgame together. And, you know, we're processing where the MCU goes from here. And, you know, it, it's apply that basically applies across the entirety of the, uh, of phase four. And what, what do we have left? We have uh, um, the Black Panther 2 movie this year. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot that was this year. And that's even that's even more recovered because of, you know, in the wake of Chadwick Boseman's untimely death. Right. That's even more about, you know, recovery post Endgame. So... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's an interesting time. You know, I would, I would say, you know, I had a lot of fun watching this. This is definitely up there with the fun I had watching, um, uh, no way home. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot more fun watching this than I was, wa- than, than I, than, than I had when I was watching Eternals, you know, um, you know, I kind of enjoyed Black Widow. I think a lot of people poo-poo Black Widow, but I enjoyed Black Widow because I, I, I was absolutely um, enamored with uh, Florence Pugh and her and and uh, and her uh, acting in that in that role. Uh-huh. Her acting, right? <laughs> well, you know, there was a lot of you know, but but I think that like it's the acting that really made the character. I'm messing with you. Know? you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> you know i mean i you know i get that i get that too you know but i think it's you know it's the way that she kind of vocalized that role like the, oh she you know, totally the, nailed it yelena yeah you know like the way the the spin that she put on that role made it like oh okay i'm going to keep following this character she's fun right right so 
um, you know, and then, you know, think about all, you know, like what has come, you know, uh, in phase four since it really is about recovery, right? you know, and, and, and we'll see where, where, you know, like what they're leading towards. We're going to start seeing more of it. You know, we've talked about this before, how Kevin Feige is saying, you're going to start to see, you're going to start to see more and more about the direction they're going in as phase four continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we've getting shades of that in this movie. If, if they're going in the direction that people are speculating and we talked about earlier, um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Still not sure about that one character, but I like my theory on it. Um, right. Weirdly enough. Um, but yeah, that's that there's, I'm still in for it, but but yeah, right, for, you know, for, we you know they brought up the term incursions. It's it's a lot like when you know there were hints of Infinity Stones, hmm. right? We didn't see missions for Infinity Stones for a little while, and then we got hints of it, and then we we're full on Infinity Gauntlet, right? Right. So now we're getting incursions, and we're getting a little bit of multiverse uh, so, of madness, uh-huh. you know. So I think that's I think you know like you, you know you don't have to be too in the know to figure this one out, but you know these are the seeds that are getting planted. I think right um, now to how they handle it to what end some of it is or they're, that they're planting is going to be especially with the stuff around the the you know the the Ant Man stuff right and the 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 big bad that they're that's been seeded since then or since. Um, Loki, I guess, uh, right? Which has not come up in this. Um, you know, we, who's to say? You know, where they're going to blend that? Well, we can speculate on how they're going to blend that together because it has been speculated by now. So, um, yeah, like I said, there, there, but there's some things that we don't directly know, and I and I kind of like that part. You know, the the, the speculation's fun, you know, uh, and keeping it fun because I know there are people that take their own speculations way too seriously. <laughs> and to to the point of getting mad at things when it doesn't right. when it does happen the way when it when it does happen the way they thought right. it was like you're do. not the amazing Kreskin you ain't getting paid to predict this stuff right also it, it's the MCU like they're 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 taking bits and pieces like you said and like we said or, you know, just like Star Wars also they're taking bits and pieces of stuff that they want to they're not going beat for beat with. Right, you know, with with the comics right. or anything from you stories, think, you know. right? From stories that that span generations, right? You know, like you, you know, they're they're multiple years and multiple issues apart, right? You know, like little bits and pieces here and there, and it's great that if you recognize it, it's an Easter egg, you know, and it's great if you recognize a story beat, it's like, oh, okay, so maybe this is where they're going with the, with with you know, with this is the direction that they're going in, right? So, but in any event, I think but, we can move on now too. Uh, episode five of Ms. Marvel, the penultimate episode of this miniseries. Indeed. Let me get rid of this image real quick. Because just in case somebody came across the, the, the video version of this and wasn't sure what we were talking about, I put an image of uh, the, the Thor and Love, Love and Thunder poster up just in case I'm like, hey, this is what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> so they can dip out if you need to. And still now, if you haven't seen Ms. Marvel... So yeah, Miss Marvel uh, episode five, as Edge Seventy said, is the um, yeah. penultimate episode. Uh, right? Do you have the title of the episode? Oh, uh, I'll ring the spoiler bell while you get it. All right, spoilers again for Miss Marvel episode five incoming in three, two, one. Uh, Google Foo, hey, my Google Foo is great. Uh, da, 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 da. It is called Time and Again. 
There you go. Thank you. Which now I'm kind of upset about because it's a book I wish I had finished reading. <laughs> um, um, but before this, but anyway, so yeah, time again is the uh, episode title, and this, as we as we knew it was going to be uh, doing, uh, we are back in the days of uh, the 1940s during uh, uh, partition era. Uh, I guess it's before actually leading up to now that I think about it. Uh, partition, partition era um, India um, and uh, without going into too much it doesn't uh, Kamala is not a focus of this episode I think people have um, one speculated and or have seen by now who who um, is um, the crux who, of this episode that being her great grandmother Aisha and uh, Q the, uh, another bad creation right there for those oh no! <laughs> That's a to, good one. Because I forgot to pull it. That is a good one. Oh, oh no! Wait, I need a. Here we go. I understood that reference. <laughs> so um, I, I can't think. I can't hear the name Aisha and not hear that song for some stupid reason. So that's <laughs> that, that is a fatal, fatal flaw of my memory. Shout out to at Tim Dog ninety eight. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? It's okay. I'll, I'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, okay. We'll talk about that <laughs> I was about to say, wait, did he did he write something about that also? But uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. So yeah. Anyway, um, um, the short strokes is uh, looks like we don't have to take too much longer because it's still a fresh show. This is pretty much um, a story leading from A to B, from Aisha to what we vaguely knew about her to what to flesh out what we end up knowing about her going into uh, the events that led up to, well, not even the events that led up to actually. Yeah, no, I would say the events that led up to the end of the last episode. I'll say that much. Right. Um, and it's a lot of family stuff here. Yes. There's a lot of, uh, you know, intergenerational relationship building and, you know, figuring out how puzzle pieces fit together mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of the family history, in terms of Kamala's mother's side. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was the strong part of this episode. I felt like the hardest part of sw- uh, of digesting this episode and, and, and figuring out what was going on is that there's still so many unanswered questions in my mind going into the final episode and there's, there's a it seems like there's a lot of ground for them to cover in the final episode that's that was my takeaway what do you what, what no, about you I, I absolutely agree with you i'm not not well i'm not a lot but there's a good bit like there are things that are still kind of up in the air and the end of this episode did not do anything well at first when you're first looking at it, it felt like well wait that can't just be it for that, for this particular thing here. But being that there is one more episode left, that it is and it isn't. Because it's going to manifest itself in another way. Because I was like, well, it seemed like that's got taken care of, but not really. And and we're talking about something that happens that at the very end of the episode um, uh, with a couple of, of characters. And a couple of characters that we actually didn't see. So I assume there's there's that that was uh, laid out there like that for for a reason, but yes, there are definitely some um, unanswered questions that 
I hope they're going to answer uh, in the next one. Like, I don't know how long this next episode is going to be, but I'm hoping uh, that the length is going to justify what they need to, what, well, what we feel like they need to take care of. Like, maybe they're right, going what to... they need to accomplish, right? Right, and maybe there's going to be parts of that that's going to be left uh, undone for a reason because of because of going into the Marvels. Like, I feel like this is something that they would do. Like, being that uh, that second Captain Marvel movie is called The Marvels, they might sprinkle in some stuff with the other characters that's not Captain Marvel um, and tie it all together and answer some questions. Maybe that's the case here. We don't know. So... Other than that, I enjoyed it. Like I, said, I know, I saw somebody was like, uh, you know, we should uh, uh, there should be um, uh, another five episodes of just um, Aisha and Hassan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was like, yeah, I can see, I can see that because it was a the, the story that could have that didn't necessarily need to be fleshed out a little bit more, but could as a side as a side story just for people who like that kind of you know, uh, and actually people who like period dramas i guess um and i guess in, in in relation love stories you know could be like the 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 um i can safely say the, the 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 lady that played aisha played her part quite quite well hassan yeah. also uh they but they both played their parts quite well and, and it was a joy they they had great chemistry and like it kind of felt like it all worked you know yeah, it was just the t- you know it's you know um, getting back to some something I mentioned previously about this show, and it all relates back to the change in Kamala's power set and the nature of her powers. Is that you know I don't think either of us you know and I've said this before I don't think either of us were really prepared for the trip to Pakistan. You know, to Pakistan in this six issue limited series, six I, issue, six episode limited series. I do it all the time. Don't feel bad. Um, I I slightly disagree, no. and only because of the fact that Moon Knight kind of did it already. So I felt like, being that they had already kind of hinted at something right. like that, I, I knew there was a possibility. Right. But but considering the change in her power set and the nature right. of her powers, it was almost like it was a given. Right. I think. And so we're not surprised. And so, you know, we're like, okay, we get it. This is what's going on. But to devote basically like almost the entirety of this episode to establishing like this familial, you know, link. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if, if, if it's as easy for the casuals to keep up with. Uh, you know, that's sort of the much, that's yeah. sort of the, um, the the anecdotal evidence I've gotten so far. Mm, okay. You know, from people who I've spoken to, like, mm. oh, you know, I had a little trouble getting into it or a little trouble keeping up with it. Right. And I'm like, mm. well, I, I I sort of understand. Yeah. You know, I sort of sympathize because even even as someone who 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 talks about this stuff, not for a living, but definitely as like a strong hobby, right? right? Uh, as a strong um you know, as a regular thing. Even I was kind of like, huh, so I wonder why we're going this deep into it and we're not getting that kind, that much of a development of Kamala's current time, 
and 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 what ends up happening to the 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 supposed antagonists, you know, they're they're given like really short shrift in this episode and they're just sort of dealt with. I'm like, whoa, that was wild. Well, in in a way, without giving something away, well, not giving away. Right, I'm not giving it away, away but, exactly. Right. But my point is, I'm just like, wow, that was it's, kind of sudden. It seems that way. And I say it seems that way on one part, because, yes, we did definitely see a something happen to somebody. We saw, right. saw something happen to a couple of people. Well, some buddies, you know, some right. bodies. Right. happened to some bodies. I was just like, seriously, the black one had to go first? Really? I thought, you just don't know. I thought that exactly. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. You 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 hit it right on the head. I was like, really? So oh, like, I'm, so, I'm going to, so this is kind of a slight spoiler for folks. So I apologize about this. We only see a couple something happen to a couple of people, and I think one of them is still, kind of still in play because of what they did before whatever happened to them. But you notice there was four of them. We only see something happen to two of them. Right. So. Those other two probably still in play, plus the one that we thought might have gotten dealt with is probably still around in a certain in a in a certain form, right? But yeah, I, like I said, I thought that that exact thing. Now that being said, on, on all that, just to kind of wrap up the discussion, um, um, so I didn't have a problem with them going back because it still kind of it kind of deepens the the, the familiar familiar roots and, and kind of puts us in a place whether it was necessary to do that or whether they could have done something in the present for that. Who's to say what, not? I do know Sana Aminat did say, and there's an article in the, um, the, the news about, they kind of made some choices. They, 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 they you know, they, they, um, took some chances with this episode. Mm-hmm. So this is, I don't what no word it might be this uh, word to use for, but she was kind of wondering how people was going to react to how this episode uh, kind of played out. Um, so there is that, but that being said, I feel like, Weirdly enough, it was kind of rushed, especially at the that's, end. Well, no, no, that's I mean, that's that's kind of that that's kind of what I was getting at with the suddenness right. of a lot of things that was ha- that were happening. Mm-hmm. And the episode does, in fact, end on a cliffhanger in Jersey City, mm-hmm. and it all seemed very sudden and very kind of like, huh? Right. That's it. Right. We're stopping there. Right. You know, my exact reactions. And for whatever reason, they're using six episodes for the majority of the Marvel stuff now, as opposed to earlier when Loki and WandaVision got, you know, what, like 10, 11, well, I guess Wasn't more it than eight? six. Yeah. They got more than six, basically. Um, like, even what if they got, got, got nine, which was supposed to be 10, then they cut one. Like, I don't know. I feel like they could have, you know... Uh, made a, another episode and probably broke those two apart and maybe added some stuff. I don't know. So that is that. It was still a good, good episode. Um, so we're not poo-pooing the episode for an end, but just like, just, it was just noticeable the, the, that end part and how, how fast it kind of came about. Right. Uh, so unless you got something else you uh, want to bring up, no, else, that's can... it. That's it. We can move on. Yeah. Um, by the way, folks, um, just FYI, going back to Thor: Love and Thunder, and this will be in the show notes. But uh, in the clickbait section, you'll find some, a bunch of goodies uh, in there, including some anime stuff, which we will be getting a lot of later on in the show. Um, <clears throat> but apparently, the the soundtrack to Thor: Love and Thunder has been put out. 
So if you have seen it and uh, enjoyed the, the soundtrack, uh, there it is out there on marvel.com for you. And again, in the clickbait section of the, of the show notes. And if you haven't, you might want to be careful just in case you don't want to be spoiled about some of the movie, mu- music that is in this. But if you've seen the trailers, I'm pretty sure you got a pretty good idea. <laughs> All right, that being said, we're going over to the books of the week. I don't know if you had a transition for that, but... Uh, I generally don't, but I will okay. put one in this week, and I guess we'll start putting one in going no. forward. Eh, you don't have to, no. I just can't remember whether you did or not. That's why I was kind of giving you a second. But we're going to go mm-hmm. over into the books of the week, starting off with Strange Academy number 18, which was, for me, anyway, a surprise that it came out. <laughs> right, right. Definitely definitely a surprise because we were under the impression that they were on a summer break. Right. And, you know, considering that we're literally in the middle of – well, we, we just started – technically started – just started summer. So – uh, maybe they're, you know, maybe it depends on which uh, school calendar they're they're um, I, they're yeah, going I, off of, right? Because right? I, I know that there are some there are some schools in in the United States that have uh, summer break start a lot earlier than say here in the Northeast. Yes. But in any event, this book is written. This is number eighteen is written by Scotty Young, with art by Umberto Ramos. Colors by Edgar Delgado and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So if you have been keeping up with Strange Academy, you know that the children have um, started to assert themselves. And they are protesting what they feel are unfair practices at the Strange Academy. And they have taken things, in my opinion, maybe a step too far. And we start to see even more of that in this issue. What do you think, Rodicat? Well, so part of what you said, uh, I, I, I agree with. But at the same time, they didn't necessarily, I don't believe they, matter of fact, they said in this book, they didn't even know what the world they were going for outside of the fact that Emily didn't want Calvin to be expelled. And that's pretty much the only thing we got. They We found this, them in this issue trying to suss out whatever it is they were trying to, trying to save that protest. But mainly they didn't really have anything. You even, Emily is like, yeah, we don't even, we don't really have anything. It was just about, you know, it was mainly about Calvin. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just started raining here. That's weird. Um, not weird, but so that being said, it's like yeah. So the 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 book of this, well, half of this issue is them um, trying to suss that out, and the second part, the second and third parts, is them dealing with uh, the faculty who, who have actually found them. You know, in, in the place that they thought they would, that they would never be. That um that they would never look, which I thought that was thought that was kind of funny as well too. Even though no one's mentioned it, I was like, okay, that's a pretty pretty decent hideout. But at the same time, apparently they knew the look here. But then again, hey, they're they're um <laughs> they're expert magicians, so I figure they can divine where the where these uh where these kids are. You know, it would make total sense just to kind of mm-hmm. push it along. Which leads into another another plot uh, that has something to do with God, that that uh, that was brought up before that I guess up until now I didn't think was uh, there was anything to it having to do with uh, two interlinked uh, students and something that one of them possesses. Right, right, and obviously one of the overhanging. Uh... 
I, I don't know if you could call it the sort of Damocles, but there is one particular character amongst the students who, at least at first glance, at first blush, you know, one of these things is not like the other, right? One of these students is not, uh, you know, quite the same, right? There's one student who has a particular ancestry where you're like, wait a second. This is not going to turn out right. This is probably going to turn out very bad. And it's, you know, and, and right now they're heading towards that path. And, you know, you're, we're presuming that there's going to be some sort of heroic twist, you know, at some point. But right. they are not, it's not trending in that direction. It's definitely not. They're definitely going full bore into fulfilling our expectations to a certain extent with right. this character. They've definitely been dangling in that for the for the past uh, few issues, uh, and yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like there's going to be a definitely a a, a dramatic turn in, in mm-hmm. where they're heading with that, which would only make sense, you know, if they if they let that go, then I'm not sure how you, they would explain, you know, right? Oh, you know, you wonder because the this is more along the lines of nature versus nurture, right? You know, that's just a that's a philosophical uh, argument that you could take with this character. And, you know, there's the nurture up until the point of entry into the academy. And then there's the nurture that comes once they're in the academy. So, you know, it's it's a matter of, you know, seeing how Scotty Young and company decide to take, you know, which direction they decide to take this series. And it is such a strong book mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm more than willing to, to be patient and just keep waiting for it. Um, you know, the, the, one of the characters does take a pretty dramatic turn in this that Roddy Cat makes a mention of. So, um, you know, ultimately it's, uh, you know, I, I, I've really enjoyed reading this. I, you know, it's, it's a candidate for click of the week for me because I did have a good time, uh, just seeing what these characters were up to, you know, what these kids were up to. And, and realizing there is a genuine hole in the Marvel Universe right now without Stephen Strange running around in it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Clea's here. We're, we're fine. <laughs> There's still a hole. Yeah, That's I the know. thing. I know. No, I'm joking on that. But yeah, um, I was part of me was thinking, was like, well, just like I was saying, if they, uh, one, if they do end up going where they're, teasing us with like that could be a way for them to possibly end this book um and still kind of kind of reverse the uh, reverse the course of whatever what we believe could be well what is to believe could be happening um uh, but i would not want that to happen because i would like this book to stay along for as long as it's it humanly possible because it is like, like agent seven said it's a strong book and and i've been enjoying reading this the whole time absolutely absolutely and there's said, a nice little uh, easter egg at the end with the uh, uh, a copy of a takeout oh, yeah. receipt <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah it's pretty good that was pretty good <laughs> They, they, they. That's a, another good thing about this book. Is they put little things at the end of the book uh, like that, and, and it's pretty, um, pretty enjoyable. Right. So what we're getting now is actually a relaunch in a few months. Mm-hmm. So there's a note from an assistant editor at the end of this issue that tells us to be on the lookout for a new volume of Strange Academy. Because we all know number one sale. Yep. 
which which is a sad part because there was no need for it and there's no as far as well there's no event that for as far as we know for this to draw from for that to be of any um I don't want to say front running because obviously I don't want to think Marvel. That's all Marvel's out for. But let's face it, it is a business um, that, that that they're kind of leaning towards to kind of justify it. Not this book needs any justification for a number one, but at the same time, like, well, they didn't necessarily need it, right? So, but we'll see. Regardless, it's still here, and that's that's the the main thing. Um, let's see, we got uh, we did say we're going to go next into. Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number two is our next book. All right. Just need a moment. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number two is written by Torun Gronbach with art by Michael Dowling, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. We pick up right where we left off. Uh, well, actually, no, we don't pick up right where we left off in the last issue, but we establish what has happened to Thor Odin's son. And Jane Foster's on the case, wielding the current version of Mjolnir. Meow, meow? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we find out what's happening uh, with, the, you know, with Asgard. Things are looking very bleak. Um, meanwhile, Jane is you know, investigating what happens to Thor and runs into um, characters that we just talked about in the previous book. Yes. That we just talked about Strange Academy. So, oh, not only that, but there's a, a, a an MCU sighting of sorts. <laughs> yeah, of sorts. Of sorts. So, you know, there's there's a few things going on here. We get, uh, you know, basically what's happening uh, um, within Asgard. At the same time, we're also getting a little bit of uh, crossover with stuff that we've seen in the pages of the recent issues of New Mutants. Mm -hmm. Right? Which kind of begs the question as to why a certain New Mutant wasn't available for this story. Or maybe they're, they're going to appear later on. Maybe. You know, quite possibly. Yeah, they, they would know? be involved. Yeah. So, you know, but, uh, you know, I'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this issue? Actually, going on to that, given I kind of curious about that, because you do, since you did mention that, um, but given what's going on currently in New Mutants and what this character is trying to do to get away from, particularly who shows up at the end and that kind of stuff. Right. Right. I kind of wonder if this is maybe taken after that and there's already a resolution or, you know, who, who is it was before that, you know, who's we don't know because the, the, the comic book timelines are very slippery. Right. Um, but that right. Being it's, said, hard, it's hard to know. You know, it's not like we're we're uh, dealing with an actual crossover. Right. So it's hard to say. Right. But that being said, I enjoyed the book. Uh, the, the 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 first part where Odin was was telling the story uh, on what's going on. I'm like, okay, this is what we needed. You know, we needed to get from from here to from there to here. Um, the person that the that shows up at the end of the book was kind of surprised. Going back to what, especially going back to what you were just saying and what we just what what I just said. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying the book so far. That like I said. Part of me was thinking, 
obviously they they do these books at very six six months to a year, maybe some sometimes uh, longer than that to start these books. Um, and there was a couple of times there was one particular kind in bringing up something that I just mentioned that I'm like, wait, did they really time that because it was coming out by the movie and 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 having it play out like it like it did? Uh, because that's some pretty interesting coincidence. Right. Like, obviously, this book, this whole book is out because of the fact of uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. We, there's probably no denying that I'm sure someone would try. But, you know, you it's kind of hard to kind of how to um, not believe that this book was timed appropriately for that reason. It's just that something that happens in the book seems kind of timely. There were no goats involved in this one, sadly. But, you know, just the, the fact that um, there was something similar that happened was kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like I, said, I enjoyed it. That's really not much else to to say for that. Don't know where this book is going. Outside, um, that is the other key thing I'm kind of curious about. Enjoying the the ride so far, but like I said, I'm, like I'm not sure what this is trying to do at the end of this. Uh, when this no, happens. it's a good question. It's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. Alrighty, next up. Oh, do you want to round it out with common? Uh, yeah, actually, we do. Uh, Spidey and um, actually, I think we might have one more in common. Black Panther. Those are two. Okay. In common. All right. So let's just do. I mean, Amazing. I think goes yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Let's so do Amazing. Amazing Spider-Man number five is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Miniz, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan. VCs Joe Caramagna. So, um, you know, this is the immediate aftermath of Spidey basically taking down the Rose's headquarters and henchmen and Spidey basically figuring out that he's been played by Tombstone and Spidey essentially figures out after some thought and a night of sleep figures out a way to turn at least some of the tables. Uh, we do get a nice appearance by uh, a, a steady friend slash old flame. We get the continuing harassment. I'm like, seriously, that's not harassment from the bill collector. You know, obviously, you know, there's got to be something more to this character, you know, more to that, to that character's appearance, like regular appearance. But I don't think that's a regular, you know, I don't think that's legal. Right. To be staking out somebody's house for, yeah. for, for a bill. You know, yeah. for a hospital bill. Right. So, you know, that's that that just sound that that just seems like it's a bit excessive. So it mm. seems like there's probably much more to this than meets the eye. Right. So if I may, I want to adjust something real quick. Not saying you, you know, you 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 put everything in line for quite nicely, but yeah he did finally end up coming bringing his wits about him but let's face it it was because of that timely intervention of that oh, uh, sure. of the person that kind of i want to say at least kickstarted it cuz i feel like if, if that person hadn't showed up and, and, and when they did and said what they said he probably would have still gone down and just beat down the the, the tombstone the beat down tombstone like we thought he was going to do and by the way that 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 yes of course that the uh the the um Covered that you're seeing right now on your screen, misleading as as some. Oh yeah, I mean figuratively it happens. Let's say that. Sure, 
Yeah, the 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 payback that was given uh, that that ends up the come up as that was happened in in this book was great, just not the way that uh, we expected it to come. Mm-hmm. In a way better way, honestly. Um, I, I, I liked the way it was handled. I was like, all right, there we go. We, you know, this we know this man's smart, so <laughs> it, it's it's good that he's actually using it a little bit more than his than his uh than his brains we still don't really know what happened six months ago but we're getting shades of the um um uh we kind of got getting shades of what might be the cause of some of it and we still don't know the actual event and we're also getting some um reconciliation at the end of this issue but we still don't know, and and the reason why I'm saying that is because we still don't know what actually happened yet, and I don't know when we're right. going to find out. Right, we're literally six <clears throat> issues, you know, five issues. We're going to be six issues in, right? And we still don't know. So Zeb Wells probably playing playing a lengthy lengthy con here for some reason um, with this. Right, but I'm sitting here, can't, yeah. I can't imagine what event would be so big to cause everything we know to happen which granted is not much or to cause peter to act the way he does and for right and to cause all of the other side effects too right and especially we don't know what the hell happened because we talked about the last issue what the whole thing with the kid with with mary jane's kid with right like wait what when did this happen what's going on what you know exactly so so it's very very odd yeah but and everyone, and, and and what's funny is that everyone seems to acknowledge that that's the the current status quo, right? Including including the steady, uh, the, the steady former love interest character, right? So yeah, un, until the, that piece, uh, that majorly big piece comes into play, um, they still kind of have us partially on the hook yep. <laughs> for this. Yep. yep. That being yep. said, though, uh, we can go into rapid fire. Sure. I will spin it up and then we'll I guess we'll I'll start with uh, Black Panther because that's the last book that Roddy Cat and I have in common. Yep. Yep. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. So Black Panther number seven is written by John Ridley with art by Stefano Landini, colors by Matt Miller. And letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So T'Challa has to come clean in order to get the help that he needs because things are not looking good in terms of him trying to um, reassert some level of normalcy in Wakanda, in the capital city of Birnanzana, because, uh, you know, as, as, as power, you know, you know, power corrupts. Absolutely. You know, we just sort of know this as a, as a, as a fact of life. And we see it happen here with the Hatut Zaraze and, uh, you know, the democratically elected leadership is, is, is not, powerless but they are left searching for unlikely allies uh, as the result of um, what's basically like an armed insurrection and there is military coup what's that that's basically almost like a a military coup right 
Well, that's um, that's just another way of putting it. right. <laughs> but it was, yeah, and, and the reason why I brought it up because it's like, like okay, this this is a story that you know happens in places, happens at times. Probably has uh, more than likely has happened here a couple of times. That's why I was like, okay, I see what you're doing here. You know, a little mm-hmm. bit more 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 clearly. So, right, that being put so, out like so, that. Right. So you know, I put it I put it one way. Roddy Cap put it another. <laughs> what I was getting towards though is that we have the introduction of a of a new character and i hesitate i hesitate to think that this is where the black panther movies might be going quite possibly and although this, this that character has been introduced in a i can't remember if it was in a previous issue of this or in another black panther uh related book but but yeah this this uh this person gets introduced to other people in the world outside of the people that he already knew put it that way. right it's the timing of it right that 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 raises my spider sense yeah yeah i'm with you on that you know so uh but but, but with that said as i said earlier uh t'challa has to come clean uh you know shuri's doing her level best to try to uh you know help t'challa's plans out this new character is able to help start, you know, aiding her. And in, and, and as I mentioned, um, T'Challa basically has to come clean to all of his people that he's basically betrayed and lied to and, um, you know, lost confidence, lost the confidence of. And so, uh, it's a setup for what we're figuring is, but what's stated to be the last issue in this story arc. So we will see what happens now that T'Challa has had to come clean, basically stated that he's not looking to restore any store, any sort of status quo with regards to him wielding influence and power in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, in the next issue. Right. He was all but on his hands and knees and singing Creek Keith Sweat <laughs> with the, with the way he was, uh, with the, with the way he was, uh, talking to his people, including when Aurora, which apparently, um, he and Aurora's, uh, relationship, judging by that last conversation they had is in a place still. It's because I think it's developed into a different place because right. of what's ha- because of what happened on Araco, right? And because of her current status as you know as uh, as the queen of the soul, you know, as the right. the voice of the soul system, right? As as regent, yeah, um, right. But like, it's weird, and I say and I said it like that because it's because I first originally wrote in my notes like it seemed like it's still complicated, but like Agent Seventy said, like yeah, there because of. Which seems to be like a turnabout because at one point T'Challa was the one that was like, well, you know, king first and then, you know, uh, everything else second in, in, a, in, in a way. But so this feels a little bit of turnabout. But at the same time, you kind of get the sense that there's something still there by the conversation. But yeah, it's, it's, it's in a place that seems like it's seems a little bit more finite than, than what's, uh, what we've known before now or what right. we've been led to, to believe before now i guess i don't know it's weird. okay all right, all right. Up. Sorry. I'll, I'll move on to the rest of my rapid fire so 
Ronnie Ken, have you been keeping up with Avengers forever? Uh, I'm a couple of issues behind. Okay, so, you know, but we know what the gist of this is, right? We're gathering, mm-hmm. we're assembling at more, more, more aptly, right? We're assembling the multiversal Avengers. This issue, I enjoyed, but it's probably because I'm a Captain America fan, right? This issue is written by Jason Aaron with pencils by Aaron Cooter, inks by Cam Smith, Colors by Guru EFX and letters by VCs Corey Petit or Corey Pettit. So, uh, this the title of this issue is um, "The Pillars Part Two: Escape from Cell Block Steve," and I just enjoyed the variants of Steve Rogers in this issue. I just enjoyed the characters that Aaron created for this issue. And I've not always had that kind of affinity or, or just enjoyment. I've never ta- I haven't always taken enjoyment out of the variants that uh, creators come up with when we're dealing with the multiverse, you know, case in point, uh, the what if with miles Morales that we, that, that uh, garnered so much critical uh, uh, critical notice. Uh, over the last month, right? And another issue of it is out this week, which I decided not to read. Yeah. So, but I, I, I really enjoyed the variant Steves that were portrayed in this issue. So, um, hopefully, when Roddy Cat gets around to reading this, he will enjoy it too. Um, I actually uh, enjoyed it enough that it's a candidate for Click of the Week for me. Uh, I don't think it'll surpass Strange Academy, but I did, in fact, like this issue very much. Next up is Batman number 125. It is the first issue of Chip Zdarsky's uh, hopefully decently sized, decently long run on the book. Uh, it With art by Jorge Jimenez, colors are by Tomo Mori, and letters are by Clayton Cowles doing freelance work. So... Uh, the creative team, other than the writer, has stayed on the Batman book. Everyone else, you know, but for the writer, it has stayed fairly consistent on Batman. And for an opening story, I thought it was pretty strong. I know that one of our other co-hosts in Absentia felt that this was also a pretty strong opening issue for a new arc on Batman. So, you know, without going too much into it, um, there's a nice setup. There's definitely a decent, um, uh, a, a decent story that could be, uh, uh, that could grow out of the setup. So we'll see how Zdarsky, uh, plays this story moving, you know, plays this game, you know, this, the way the story sets up moving forward. Next up for me is Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number two. It's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles, with art by Carmen Carnero and letters by our favorite lettering Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. So, um, we pick up essentially where we left uh, left off at the end of the first issue with um, a mystery. And investigations are afoot by the base, by basically the two main 
protagonists in this book, one being Steve Rogers, the other being James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes. The first, let's say two thirds of the book is uh, tasked with covering what Steve and his erstwhile fellow World War II veterans, the, you know, the, the few surviving ones are able to figure out when it comes to um, uh, some mysteries that uh, have emerged uh, based on the origin of his shield uh, with the help of some of his newfound friends in his community college art class, he's able to discover even more about the origins of his shield. And that leads him down, leads him on a mission uh, going into uh, uh, Germany and dealing with um, what turns out to be uh, a situation where possibly the big bads of this story arc make an appearance, but in shadow only, but they make, they make a big move against cap in this uh, particular issue. And the last third of the book has Bucky, uh, investigating another aspect of this, you know, mystery of this vast conspiracy. And we run into a character that was resurrected in the previous run, a couple of the previous runs by, um, by Ta-Nehisi Coates. So we will see how, um, that character and Bucky play together, whether or not that's going to be a nice pairing or not. And how that weaves, um, into this current story. I have to give the, 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 the editorial corner and the writing corner of Captain America a bit of a, of a, uh, 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 let's say some kudos because they are picking up threads that previous creative teams have left dangling and they're playing off them. So I appreciate that as, you know, as, as someone who's read comics for a while now, I appreciate that they're not just, going whole cloth in their own direction. They are picking up on some of the storylines and some of the, the plot threads that are kind of left out there for, uh, by the previous creative team. Next up is Ghost Rider number four. It's written by Benjamin Percy with pencils by Corey Smith, inks by Oren Jr., colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So this Ghost Rider book is you know, a little bit like the Incredible Hulk series from the 70s where we run into Bill Bixby, a.k.a. Uh, David Banner, you know, the misnamed Bruce Banner. But in this case, it's actually Johnny Blaze. And he's finding himself uh, on the road trying to um, figure out what the Ghost Rider is um, leading him towards because he basically wakes up with a, uh, a hint burned into a surface that the ghost rider leaves him so that he heads in the right direction. He's also being pursued by some supernatural investigators from the FBI and X shield. And we also find out that in this issue, the circus of crime has been possessed by demons. You know, uh, I'm, I really am referring to the ringmaster and his goons. So, um, Bottom line here is, you know, there's a very creepy aesthetic to this book. Um, you just have to sort of patiently wait out to see where this is going. 
if you're a fan of the Ghost Rider and of like some of the the darker demonic sides of the Marvel universe, then you know this this book might be for you. I'm just sort of patiently waiting to see where they're going with this. It's not like at the top of my reading list. It's definitely towards the bottom, but I'm curious to see where Percy t- uh, takes the story. Next and last for me is Philadelphia number 23. This is a book published by Image. It's written by Rodney Barnes with art by Jason Sean Alexander um, with an art assist by Herman Era Muspe and Nicole, Palmqu- Nicole Palmquist. Uh, colors are by Luis Nicht and letters are by Marshall Dillon. So if you've been keeping up with Philadelphia, with Philadelphia, I'm sorry, like I have, you know that it seems like they are building up to a big finale. I don't know if that's the case anymore because we're now at issue 23. I don't know if they're going to be able to resolve some of the outstanding storylines or plot lines that have been established in two issues. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm wondering if they're setting up a big battle that's going to uh, occur over maybe issues 26 through 30, you know, maybe they're setting up another arc, another um, trade paperback. That's what it seems like, because this issue took a long time in setting up the relationships going into the final battle, the relationships between a lot of the, uh, a lot of the cast in the book. So I'm wondering if maybe, it's not going to end at issue 25, but may take a small break and then go into uh, another trade paperback that's sort of like the final battle. But that's, you know, that's bottom line, uh, just conjecture on my part. Complete conjecture on my part. I don't know what uh, Rodney Barnes is planning with this book. Uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, thinking about maybe uh, checking out his Twitter feed or reaching out and, and finding out if he's published any. Uh, plans, put out any plans as to how long Philadelphia is going to last. But, um, you know, this is not the best, this is not the best jumping on point because there are a lot of moving parts uh, in this story. There are a lot of supporting characters and a revolving cast of main characters of antagonists and protagonists and revolving loyalties. So it is this, I, I do not think this is a good place to start um, you you would definitely have to go back to issue one and 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 go from there. So uh, I'm enjoying this book. It's definitely got its quirks, but um, I definitely have a good time reading it. I just would recommend that you start from issue one as opposed to jumping on now because it definitely seems like, yeah, it, I, I'm kind of quoting Doctor Strange here by saying we're, it seems like we're in the end game now, and that's it for me. Oh boy! <laughs> Alrighty, so for myself, because there's something I, um, I have to remember to to mention after I do mine. Uh, Magic: The Gathering, number sixteen. Uh. It is written by why am I scroll not working? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, written by Jed McKay, illustrated by Jacques uh, Salomon, uh, colors by Natalia Nestorenko, 
and Letters by Ed Dukeshire. Which, by the way, every time you say uh, Marshall Dillon, I think of Gunsmoke for some reason. I always, I mean, I, I don't have that specific reference, but I know that that's like a, a famous name. That's so the, every time the, I read that credit, I'm like, huh. Yeah, that's that's the name of the sheriff that was on the, the main, the basically the main guy on Gunsmoke. Right. Don't, don't ask me why I even know that. Um, <laughs> I'm old, folks. I watched a lot of TV. Anywho, um... Uh, but yeah, Magic Gathering number 16. So we still have our group, uh, tri- our trio of uh, Planeswalkers um, trying to get into Ravnica, but uh, they have been sidetracked because they need some, they need a plan and some information. Uh, and they've gone to hunt down one of the uh, ne'er-do-wells who they have seen earlier uh, that was involved in this plan or whatever's going on. Uh, and it just so happens as they are going after this person, this person's one of those sniveling, hey, I'm going to, uh, I, I, uh, I'm going for my own survival. I'm going to do what I have to do to survive type situation. So as, uh, as expected, this person has uh, switched allegiances, at least temporarily anyway. Or it could be a double cross. We don't even know. But uh, what, um, what started off as them apprehending this person uh, ends up in them um, kind of teaming up with them and getting information from this person about um, what is going on, which also has to do with um, what is going on with another miniseries, thankfully, that I've been reading called um, uh, Magic the Hidden Planeswalker because there is uh, the, the subject of that particular miniseries is involved in this plot, uh, unbeknownst to them. And that miniseries is kind of still ongoing, so I guess so. It's probably going to push back into this um, this main book uh, near the end, um, and there's going to be a couple more parties uh, that are going to enter the fray. I imagine because of that. Uh, let's see. Last book for me, which granted I skimmed it, but I think I read enough of it to kind of get the gist of it for at least right now until I go back to it. Because as Agent Seventy said earlier, yeah, this book's kind of a, and this book's kind of a read. It's kind of weird, um, and that would be Legion of X, uh, number three, which is written by Cy Spurrier, um, art by Jan or Jan Bald Baldua, Baldua. Oh wait, did I forget? I probably did forget the Z in there. Yeah. Um, Colardus Bay, uh, I say Federico Bay, uh, Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Um, so a couple of things are going on here. We see um, Nightcrawler and Weaponless Zen go on a trip. They seem to be, for lack of a better word, bonding as they're going on this little head trip or whatever the case may be. Um, and on the other side of this, we see. Another bonding session between... Wow, I do have typos in this thing. Good gosh. Uh, Legion and Juggernaut, who... This is a side of Juggernaut you really don't ever see. Let's just put it that way without... Because I don't know if... Um, I know uh, 8 to 7 is kind of iffy on this book. Uh, it's safe to say that. So I don't know if he's actually going to read this issue or not. But um, that part in itself was uh, kind of amusing to kind of read over. Uh, the 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 um the whole conversation between Juggernaut and uh, Legion, especially starting off, um, but 
I'm not sure where in the world this book is going, and the end of it is not making that much better. That much better, although it does get to a place. And even in the um, um, if you're watching the video version of this, you can see a shadow in the background of the cover. Um, you know, seemingly suggesting something that I, actually I don't remember seeing showing up in this issue, but um. It's a uh, it uh, denotes someone that I don't think I've seen in the X books ever. If it is, if it is that person, mm. so or being I should say not necessarily a person, but regardless, um, I I'm definitely going to reread this book because like I said, I kind of glossed over some stuff in trying to read it fast, uh, getting prepared for this uh for this show. But um, yeah, I'm still kind of on it. Like I said, uh, this is a weird one to to, to read. Um, but yeah, still interesting. Actually, I think there is even a, um, I was going to say there was a strange Academy tie in it, but no, there's, there's, there's not, there is an appearance by someone that should, that is not around, but that's, uh, I can't remember the, the nature of why that was the case. That is it for me and my books. Uh, we're going to clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So we got um, one from actually both of our um, absent uh, hosts, and that would be Batman 125 from both Tim and uh, Dirt. I don't think they said anything. And actually, it was a. It seemed like a, a Dirt was a strong second because he was like he seemed um, emphatic about it. Mm-hmm. So and I, it, listen, I thought it was an interesting pick. I thought it was a, a good start right. for a new run on Batman. So I'm, I'm not, I don't disagree. I just think it's an interesting pick. Sure. Now here's my question to you. Having just finished reading his daredevil run and I granted it's probably kind of soon to tell you think there's any shades of similarity, probably not in the story, but the way he's handling the character. Probably a little bit in the story, to be honest. Oh, okay. I was kind of wondering about that. <laughs> Probably a little in the story, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that tends to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if that's the case, but it being that I did not read Daredevil, I'm not reading this, I would not know. So I'm curious. Uh, right. Do you have yours or? I can tell you what my candidates are. I know one of them. So Avengers Forever, mm-hmm. number seven. You know, I came out and said I, I just enjoyed reading it. It, it you know, it was uh, it was a great uh, it, it was a great multiversal piece. You know, mm-hmm. like get, literally, they found a way to gather different versions of Steve Rogers together for a reason. And you know, it's contrived, of course, but you know, this is comics; everything's contrived. <laughs> but. At the end of the day, I just thought it was a really nice review of, you know, the pads that, you know, the pads not taken. Hmm. Right. Um, I really enjoyed Strange Academy number 18, though. I loved catching up with these characters. I I, I got a kick out of seeing uh, one character really kind of step into her own. But at the same time, it was, you know... Maybe not for the best, not maybe not in the best way or for the best reasons. We, I, I feel if I say the word Phoenix, 
there's a similarity there that could be that could be taken. Yeah, you could definitely feel that. You could definitely feel that. So I think my vote is going to be for Strange Academy number 18. You know, I will not argue with that pick ever because it is what we can safely say is one of our favorite books of recent years. Yeah, recent vintage. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's easy to say that. I'm going to put that one up. Um, And for myself, Strange Academy is definitely a strong click of the pick of a click. Um, Honestly, let me see. You know, Spidey kind of surprised me with the with the way that was handled. I I can't say that it was strong enough to make the make the cut, but mm-hmm. the way that one went off um, was actually surprisingly good. Even that Jane Foster book was actually you know uh, in the book it w- was pretty good, uh, especially you know on both ends actually, the beginning and the end. The, the, you know, uh, the middle also, but like I said, the one leads to the other. Um, but you know what? I think I'm actually going to go with you on uh, Strange Academy on that. So, all right, that was cool. probably the strongest book that I've that, that I've read that I've focusedly read, I should say, because I've read a couple of other things that I didn't put in there because, but I had just skimmed it, so it wasn't worth putting in there. That being said, folks, we can go into the news section. So, how about a one ad read, please, sir? Our first ad read of the night. It's for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store (coughs) and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you... Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. That's funny. Oh, wow. Um, so we get into the cinematic news. But before I get into the cinematic news, I wanted to say something I forgot to mention earlier about Thor Love and Thunder. Not a spoiler. If you're coming, let's say, um, into this without a whole lot of knowledge of Thor, I'm not saying it's the best recap of what's going on in the film, but it's a pretty decent one that starts off the, the movie of going through not necessarily all of his movies, but getting from, from here to there was a pretty good recap. Um, like I said, if you're kind of light on on what's been going on or what has happened with Thor uh, right. going into it. But anyway. And, and I was about to say, amazingly enough, hard to believe, fourth solo movie. Right. And maybe possibly a fifth coming? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. All right. Carry on. So, oh, well, first of all, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons got married. That's not in the news. I just saw that. And I was like, that's crazy weird. I thought that was old news. I thought they've been married. Mm, I don't know. Let me see. Is this? But I just saw it. I thought they had kids already. Uh, no, it says it's just July 8th. Uh, oh, really? No, oh, they get married. Yeah. That's crazy. Because I never, never would have put your them two together. If you, for those of y'all know who 
probably know who Kristen Kirsten Dunst is, but Jesse Plemons is you've seen the dude before in a lot of stuff. You just might not know who it is. He's kind of one of right. those kind of guys, like real pace, <laughs> pale dude. Like if you no, but I was gonna say if you watched Breaking Bad, you'd be very surprised that this was the guy that Kristen Dunst was uh, was getting married to. But he's done other things. Obviously. Yeah, I was about to say dude's got actually some range because he's played you know he's played a pretty decent uh, villain at times, and he also right. Was, you know, played lighter roles and stuff like that. So it's like that. You you probably know him if you see him. And, mm. and yeah, I was like, that's that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Anyway, uh, first in cinematic news, Kevin Feige teases more versions of Thor after Thor: Love and Thunder. Apparently, so we saw this last week, but it would never. I didn't I forgot to put it in the 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 thing. So according to this article, here's a quote from Feige: There are these things called comic books that have a lot of stories in them, and that's where all our stories come from. Uh, apparently during the, the press conference, uh, uh, Thor Love and Thor the press conference. And if the question is, have you told all the great horror stories from the comics and the movies? The answer is no. There are lots of them. Uh, and I've always said our interest in making additional stories is somewhat continuing about continuing the character. It's also entirely about continuing the experience with the actor uh, and being able to see. I think of all of our cast, uh, not a, as... Uh, at their individual characters, but as Marvel players, who within the character can grow and evolve and change. As we look at the comics as our guide, there are plenty of incarnations of Thor that we have yet to see, end quote. So when we talked about this last weekend, or last week, uh, immediately went to Beta Ray Bill, because we haven't seen, well, technically we kind of saw an image of him, but we didn't see him in Ragnarok. Uh, Thor, we kind of saw in Loki, but hey <laughs> who who doesn't want to hear uh chris hemsworth uh voice throg right um and there are there are many others and i go back to an agent 70 knows where i'm going with this uh during secret wars which we think they may be kind of uh going towards there was an absolutely great miniseries that all of everybody on the panel loved uh called thor's which was basically thor's as um as a as a detective, think like Homicide Life on the Streets, or you know, in, in any number of TV cop shows. But it's basically right. like NYPD Blue, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, right. Or if you're a DC person, it's the Green Lanterns, but more of a, a police uh, procedural type. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, if I think I might go back and reread that. Um, but that being said, there are, are are other versions of Thor apparently that we haven't seen, even though we got shades of some and whatnot that. Feige's teasing, apparently. So we'll see if any of them happen to show up. We already saw another one. Well, if you've seen Love, Thor, Love, and Thunder, we saw one. So, anyway, next up. Next up, Thor, Love, and Thunder star Jamie Alexander wants a Lady Sif TV show. So this is a mild, mild spoiler for yeah. Thor, Love, and Thunder. So uh, so we know... You know, if if you're up on checking out credits, we know that Jamie Alexander does make a return in Thor Love and Thunder. And now she's put it out on social media that she would love to see um, Sif in a Disney Plus TV series. And she put it out on the gram saying, if Lady Sif had a series, what would you like to see? I'm loving some hashtag Beta Ray Bill. What do you think at Walter Simonson 5? That is, in fact, the Instagram handle of Walt Simonson. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and as some folks in the comic know may know, there the um, Sif and Beta Ray Bill has has actually uh, probably still has sort of a thing going on. Yep. Um, yep. 
uh, that last Beta Ray Bill miniseries kind of put them in a place, but still, regardless. So, yeah, why not? Um, also, when she and what's, in- what's great, what I was going to say, uh, hold that thought. What's great mm. is, you know, you can tell here that, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, Jamie Alexander knew exactly who to hit up yes. for support. Mm-hmm. You know, like someone who's actually looked at some of the source material. Right. Which we know some of them do. So, right. You know, like I said, it's not, you know, that's what, <clears throat> that's one reason why I mentioned that. So right. we know that some of them don't look at right. the source material and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to do my own, do my own thing. Famously, sadly enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it's, nice to, it's nice to know that, that, that she has in fact looked into the source material and understands where the character of Sif is coming from. Mm. So, you know, shouting out, you know, Walt, you know, uncle Walt is great. Um, you know, hashtagging Scuttlebutt, Surter, Corbinites. I'm like, that's just, that's, you know what? I understand, you know, that could be the work of a personal assistant, but my gut says that's probably, she's probably looked into this already. Yeah, I feel like that's like she knows what to add, you know? Oh, and also, I feel like, so while this is a newer article, I feel like she's been saying something similar since, since her, uh, since that cameo on Loki. Right. So... Not that big of a surprise, but still some somewhat news. And yeah, like I said, we, you know, she did show up uh, in the thing. So I guess that's a light spoiler. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is, quote unquote, probably Drax's last movie. And this person right here, this one here, not to quote the classic Mantis, would be happy with that. But that's just mm-hmm. me. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> it says that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 wrapped filming last month. James Gunn confirmed that this would be the last uh, film to uh, feature the original Guardians, which we, we knew that. Uh, and this is not that big of a surprise, but um, it is likely the last time Dave Bautista would play Drax. Um, Batista admitted he was in a quote-unquote weird place playing Drax. I think that may have something to do with other things and not necessarily the, the character, but who's to say? Like, no. uh, quote-unquote, I try to never say never uh, when it comes to these things, but it's probably Drax's last movie. It's the end of the story for this group of galaxy uh, guardians could be gun replied when a fan asked if this will be Drax's final movie. Um... Like we know, Batista has also come out and said, you know, has has lent his uh, opinion to certain things surrounding certain people uh, that he's worked with, including James Gunn. So that it, that probably has more to do with that than anything else. Sure, and also some frustration with the direction that they took Drax in. Honestly, I did have frustration with that myself, mm-hmm. but I also don't like Dave Batista, so I, I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. So I don't care. <laughs> now, so I, I had more of a problem with with how they did Mantis uh, than, right. than than Drax, but neither here nor there. So, right. next, all up. right, next, uh, Ms. Marvel star teases character surprising return. So, um, yeah, this is kind of uh, you know. So these are spoilers for episode four, apparently. Um. Let's see. So some believe that one of the red daggers that or basically the main red dagger that gets taken out might come back. That's the bottom line. Right. The leader uh, that we meet in episode four somehow can come back. I mean, hell, it happens in the comics all the time. So something like that could happen. But right. For what? 
in, in what relation to to uh, Miss Marvel? We don't. We don't know at this point. Yeah. I mean, granted, actually, we we kind of do know. Maybe it's a dream sequence, and that a quick dream sequence in the next episode. You know, that that seems that seems more likely than anything. But you know, this person saying that that it could happen somewhere along the lines. But uh, also on Ms. Marvel news uh, that I alluded to earlier, Ms. Marvel co-creator is uh, most nervous about the reaction to uh, the next episode, uh, which being the episode five that just dropped. Uh, quote, we took some risks. So, yeah, she um, there was an interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly and the producer X shared her th- thoughts about what's coming in episode five. And she said the aforementioned we took some risks. Uh, sometimes those big those big swings can be the most rewarding when it comes to television shows. She says, um, you know, think about your favorite programs and set center episodes. And basically, you know, she's a little nervous about it that that that, that you know, without going into too far on it because again, it's still new. Um, that she's a little nervous about it and kind of curious about what uh, what people are going to say about this episode, which I'm sure has already um, has already come out especially with the next um, article that we're talking about in one respect, Nick, which is. Right. So, uh, you know, with regards to episode five that we just talked about, the actress that plays uh, Aisha may wish Hayat uh, mm-hmm. is thanking the fans who've taken to social media to gush over the romance between uh, Kamala Khan's maternal grandparents, great grandparents, that is. And, uh, you know, she's uh, shouting them out. Uh, you know, she she she's giving a lot of thanks on uh, on uh, Twitter. It looks like. Yes. So I mean, good, yeah, for, you know, good for her. Good for her. You know, you know, so glad to meet you. <laughs> yeah, like I said, she she and uh, the, the 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 dude who played her son played pretty strong characters. Or, you know, play the parts real strong, so. Uh, Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur adds Raphael Sadiq as executive music producer. I saw the featurette um, when this was, I, I assume, was announced. Because because um, there was a featurette that just happened. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot this was still a thing. Um, and it turns out a couple of things of, to find out from this. At one, that being Raphael Sadiq of, of 2020 Tony fame and solo fame. Right. Know, who... You know, has done Marvel, um, um, Marvel tied work before. Uh, you will note that he was, uh, I believe, the, the music producer on uh, Luke Cage previously. Um, so not a surprise, um, but yeah, he's good at what he does. Um, also, the other thing I found out was that the girl who's playing, who's voicing uh, Lunella, is also the one who is singing the. Um, uh, singing the uh, the the theme song um, of the the show, which hey, it's pretty cool. So you get a chance. Uh, matter of fact, I believe that featurette is in uh, on this in this article that you can check out yourself in the show notes. Next up, next up, uh, Agatha House of Harkness, Marvel's WandaVision spinoff, starring Catherine Hahn's titular witch now has a production start date. Production is going to take place in Atlanta, and it's going to start in January 2023 and go through May of next year. Okay. See if we can get Tim on the set. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil and Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is confirmed for Marvel's Echo. 
according to the Hollywood Reporter, Cox and D'Onofrio will reprise the roles of uh, in the show, uh, confirming long-standing rumors about their returns. Um, I dare say, not surprising as a as a comic book reader, given how um, the end of Hawkeye ended, that um, was also in the comics. So I'm curious if they're going to continue to go down that line. Uh, so that'll be interesting. As to Charlie Cox's uh, role in this, uh, given that they went away from Echoes or they changed Echoes um, um, uh, uh, intro for Hawkeye, to, as opposed to, you know, put him where, you know, putting her in where uh, in, in the Devil Show, which there wasn't one. Be curious to see what was going was going to change with this, uh, and it sounds like there is the show is also according to this possibly set up uh, Kristen Ritter's return as Jessica Jones. So, and it says here that the article notes that the show has a plot that sees Daredevil looking for a former ally. Going into that, so if that's how they're going to. Um, bring the the Marvel Netflix store uh, folks into the MCU. I'm sure. Go for it. <laughs> Next okay. Up. Yeah. All righty. Next up, Ahsoka will please Rebels fans, but it's a standalone Star Wars story. So uh, Ahsoka star Natasha Liu Bordizo recently explained that the upcoming Disney Plus show will tell a standalone story that will please everyone regardless of whether they're already a fan of Star Wars Rebels. This is the actress that has been cast to play uh, Sabine Wren. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Yeah, that's that's good. good. Yeah, that's an interesting note, I guess. Uh, let's see. Next up, the Flash fans will find out uh, the next whether the show's final season uh date soon apparently um showrunner eric wallace teased the fans that the, of the fastest man alive uh may soon learn whether or not his upcoming ninth season will be the last uh speaking with deadline wallace was asked uh when he himself would learn if the scarlet species tv adventures would reach the finish line with season line and he quotes uh, it's the question i get after x uh, every five minutes i wish i could answer it i wish i knew um, I hope I know, we'll know by the time we start shooting this fall. I think that's a fair statement. So stay tuned, which makes sense because they're, they have slashed a lot of, um, CW shows, including a lot of Arrowverse shows. So this happens to be the one that's been along the longest. So like whether they're fully getting rid of the Arrowverse or, you know, this show's going to live for another season, which some would argue whether it could, would or need to or not. Who's to say? Next up. All right, so there is an official trailer out for Batman and Superman Battle of the Super Sons. Uh, I have not watched this yet. Um, so right. it's right. going right. to be uh, available on uh, the Blu-ray uh, uh, and digital on October 18th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched the trailer. It was all right. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's setting up that super, kind of setting up somewhat similar to that Super Sons book that they, that they had out. There was, you know, um, obviously with the, you know, animated flair. 
Um, HBO Max released its first episode of Harley Quinn season three ahead uh, of the new season for free, apparently. So, um, yeah. If you haven't caught up on the first, according to shout out to Tim, uh, if you hadn't caught up on the first two seasons of Harley Quinn, now's your chance to check out the very first episode uh, before season three makes its debut. Um, uh, it may not be a long wait, but season three will finally premiere in July, so it's not too long anyway. Um, that's pretty much that. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I thought this was... Um, I thought this was um, episode three, the first episode of episode three. This is apparently the episode one of season one, it it appears. So, okay, so this is the thing that starts it all off. But there's also was a trailer for season three that happened this week um, uh, with the aforementioned date, which I thought we said already of July 28th. Next up. Hmm. Okay. Uh, help me with this. Is this pronounced Ruby? Yeah. Okay, Ruby is one of the biggest animated series that Rooster Teeth has pronounced, has produced, pronounced. Uh, you know, you can you can hear uh, literally the slip of my tongue that's betraying what I was just thinking about. It's hot, folks. Has produced over the years of its existence, and with a new season arriving in the form of Ruby Ice Queendom, it seems that the anime heroines are set to be a part of a major crossover with the biggest heroes of the DC Comics universe. Ruby Justice League has been confirmed to arrive next year, with the story originally arriving as a comic book series last year and marks a clash between the world of anime and the world of North American comic books. Should I have played the uh, anime corner intro? No. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is teetering on that, but no. Okay. No I actually, problem. I should have, actually, I should have, I had intended to move this closer to that, but don't worry about it. No problem. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I read a little bit of that, and I never did finish that um, that um, crossover. So anyway. right, so it's coming in 2023 at some point. No yes. release date set yet. Right. Uh, Will Frito, voice the voice of uh, Radiant Black. Um... Oh wait, what's going on here? So basically, um, just uh, for those who don't know, which I think we are amongst those, there is a, a series from uh, Image Comics, which I still haven't read yet, and I said I was going to catch up on, uh, called Radiant Black. That is, I read uh, a little bit of it at oh, the beginning. You? I fell off. Right. Yeah, and they, they, it even has all shoots, and I think they're, they're, it's pretty much going for its own cinematic universe. Well, excuse me, its own universe at this point. So uh, the very last issue, apparently fans were treated to a special treat in issue 15, uh, in the form of a hidden QR code that uh, leads to a fully animated short called Versus. In fact, it w- wasn't for the fact that I saw that p- a clip of it on Twitter. I wouldn't have known that. Because um, I was thinking, I was like, wow, I didn't know they had already made an um, animated series out of it. But they didn't. It's just this, this one short. But it, that could sound like it could be setting it up for them to do that, put it that way. Um, but yeah, so directed by Radiant Black writer, core creator Kyle Higgins, animated by Tiger Anim- uh, Animation, and featuring Batman Beyond's Wilfredo as the voice of Radiant Black himself, this new short gives us a taste of what the comic could look like as an animated series. Um, so yeah, it says here if you haven't picked up a copy of Radiant Black 15, you can check out the video below. Um, which I saw, I took a look at this uh, short, it's actually pretty interesting. It's, 
there was a weird um, invincible vibe for some strange reason when it started for me, but not really in the same way as you would think. So I, don't know. I just still need to check out the series, but maybe I will at some point. Next up, now we're getting into the anime corner. All right, so uh, FLCL, rather fully coolly, is coming back to Adult Swim with two new seasons in the near future, and the series has shared some new details for how the project has been shaping up. So it is. it recently made a major comeback to Adult Swim as the Toonami programming block brought the classic franchise back for two new seasons, Fully Cooly Progressive and Fully Cooly Alternative. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot in this article that I do not get, um, but it's coming back for two new seasons, so good for you, fans of Fooly Cooly. That's good. Fooly Cooly is weird anyway, <laughs> even if you watched the first one. I think you did watch the first one, didn't you? I tried. Yeah. It, it's I don't Fooly... know if I made it all the way through. Wow, and that's only, what, six, uh, six episodes, I think. Yeah, I don't know if I made it. I, I might have. It's hard to remember. Yeah. I don't, I'd have to check my list and see if I had crossed it off, but I don't think I did. Yeah, I get it, like I said, because it, it's a weird one. It's a it's a quite weird one, and, uh, and I have seen the other two. I think on Crunchyroll, but I never did check them out. So, um, there we go. Tiger and Bunny Part Two, Tiger and Bunny Two Part Two, apparently is confirmed um, to on release. No, sorry, confirms Netflix release date. Um, see, it says here the official Twitter account for Tiger and Bunny revealed that fans can expect new episodes of the anime to arrive on October 7th uh, on Netflix. So, yeah. I think I've watched a little bit of Tiger and Bunny and out of, um, it's an interesting premise. Um, but I never really got into it. Or I said I will probably come to it, back to it later. But Next up. There's a there's a kind of a my hero-ish kind of quality to it, but, but this also started before my hero. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. Might be up uh, some folks' cup of tea. But next up. Okay, Record of Ragnarok season two trailer has been released. And um you know, the second season is already confirmed to be hitting Netflix next year in 2023. So it, the new trailer was released during this year's anime expo. Okay, I have not watched this. I am not familiar with this anime. Neither have I. I've heard some people talking about it, but I have not um, checked it out myself. Futo Pie, or Futo Piel, I'm not sure. Is that supposed to be uh, an I or yeah? I, I guess that's a, a capital I. Uh, Hype's release with new trader watch. So this is the animated common uh, Rider um uh, anime that is coming to, I believe, coming straight to Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and apparently, Toei is, is now celebrating the 50th anniversary of Kamen Rider um, and is experimenting with whole new ways of bringing the franchise to life, which this is one of those ways. So, is there a release date for this? I thought we might have already had one before. Uh, we know it's going to be 12 uh, episodes... And I don't see a date here, but I think it's supposedly coming sometime this year, if I'm not mistaken. Next up. Two major Macross series are finally going to hit Blu-ray shelves in the United States for the first time in franchise history. 
Uh, so Big West and Nozomi Entertainment took the stage during Anime Expo to announce that they are now teaming up on official Blu-ray releases for Macross Frontier and Macross Delta. Uh, let's see if there's a date. Mm, no date yet, but that's what the announcement is, that it's coming out uh, soon. Yeah, and that is not the only... Um macross stuff uh in fact i would go ahead and say now which i'm gonna skip um uh i'm gonna skip over because of some strange reason i put this out of line uh right stuff nozomi entertainment to release macross 7 on home video on north america for the first time uh it's going to be the first 29 uh episodes and the second set will include 30 through the 49 uh, and the macross 7 encore it is coming uh, at some point. I'm not seeing a date on this either, but uh, I guess sometime. So worth noting, Anime uh, Expo was this weekend, uh, this past weekend, and a lot of this news is from there. In fact, we, there is some news that is in, a lot of news actually, that is in the um, in an article in the clickbait section. If you are curious uh, to know some of that, because we weren't going to put all of it in here mm-hmm. um but yeah if you go back to that last one that i skipped over the studio the stocking the penny and stocking one. Oh, you want me to do that one yeah 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 okay studio trigger announced that its panel at anime expo on saturday that is working on a new project for the panty and stocking with garter belt franchise the staff at the panel showed a short video featuring an animated shot and text with the phrase new panty and stocking the videos featured the main characters each posing with both their middle fingers up. Okay. So some might think that sounds kind of lewd. No, it's not that type of anime. <laughs> and in fact, I know that there are some people out there that like it because I've heard of it before, but I've not, I've not checked it out myself, but it's not, I know for a fact that it's not that kind of anime. Um, next up though, Mashal magic and muscles conjures up an anime adaptation for 2023. Uh, it is in production now, according to uh, Shueisha's weekly Jonan Jump. Um, it says we don't have a specific date outside of 2023. Just know that it is coming. Um, and I forgot what this thing about. I, I know I've heard about this before. Here we go. Uh, it's 114 chapters already. Um, uh, let's see. Written and illustrated by uh, Hajime Komodo. It's of course serializing in Shonen Jump Weekly and Weekly Shonen Jump, and um, I feel like it's it's a mesh, it's kind of a Harry Potter ish plus or a Harry Potter times. I don't want to say um, One Punch Man because that's not directly right, but you kind of get an idea there uh, in, in the description. I might be descriptioning kind of wrong. But I know I remember reading about this before, and the, 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 it was there was an interesting premise behind it. Anyway, next up. Uh, at Anime Expo, Viz Media shared the world premiere trailer of Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, a new key art for the anime set to arrive in October 2022. As reported by Anime News Network, the trailer focuses on the stern Ritter characters, and this new anime will be based on the Thousand Year Blood War arc of Tite, Tite Kubo's manga. Okay. Yeah. 
JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean Anime's a second part uh, will has a new trailer out and reveals the, the release date for the premiere of part two, which is September the 1st. Um, so yeah, if you are jonesing for that next part of, uh, of, of JoJo's, I won't do the singing, I promise. Uh, then there you go. Next up. Announced during Crunchyroll's Anime Expo 2022 industry panel, the popular webcomic Solo Leveling is officially receiving an anime adaptation. The series will premiere on Crunchyroll as it airs in 2023. No firm date yet. So I'm kind of excited about this one because I know uh, a friend of mine has has been reading this and and loves this one. And I've actually just started reading the manga myself because I heard so many people talking about it. It's basically about this dude. um, He's like a hunter. He goes into dungeons, but he's like the weakest one. Like even in the weakest dungeon, he gets uh he gets seems to get hurt and almost dies sometimes, uh and it is a, it is about what happens to him without going any further, um, of that. And like I said, I've been enjoying it so far, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this animated. Uh, from there we go into the manga corner, but we don't have to do make any transitions because we're still in the same place. Uh, Tokyo Pop reveals four manga licenses return of Rising Stars of Manga contest. So at Anime Expo, um, Tokyo Pop had a uh, panel, and I won't go through all of these uh, titles that they that they have the licenses for because you can read them for yourself in the um, in, in the show notes. But um, there's some stuff if you like, uh, well, BL and some slice of life stuff. Next up. I don't actually. I don't know if that one is BL, but it, it is. All right, so we are transitioning over, right, to oh, yeah. manga. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So you did the Tokyo Pop one? Yeah. Okay. I apologize. I'm 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 trying to take a look at something uh, old and uh, trying to read it. Uh, let's see. So Kadansha USA releases Desert Eagle, My Wonderful World three more manga digitally in july okay so uh announced at its panel at anime expo uh five new manga titles are going to be released digitally digitally this month by kodansha usa the titles include ken wakui's desert eagle mizuho emoto's my wonderful world kano orkano kashiwagi's my maid miss kushi shuji takeya's hella chill monsters and takeru okutsu's my tentative name Okay, uh, the fr- uh, Desert Eagle is going to debut on July fifth, and I guess the other ones are going to come after. Uh, so, yeah, something like that. Uh, oh, you get the depressing news. Uh, Yin announces new manga and Omnibuy. Um, so of course, Anime Expo. It, uh, see, Kon the complete Omnibus collection is getting a, an Omnibus. Um, Hoshinoko which is the story of a, a strange relationship ship, ship between a female idol and a male gynecologist. Um, Pandora 7, Doomsday with My Dog, uh, the, 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 the World After the Fall and the Villains Are Destined to Die, uh, Tomb Raider King, and some other stuff are, are, um, are getting uh, released, it looks like, uh, by the end of this year. Next up. 
All righty. Yu-Gi-Oh! creator Takahashi Kazuki dies at the age of 60. So, um, you know, this did hit uh, my social media feeds as well. He was found dead on Wednesday. He was only 60. Public broadcaster NHK reported that Takahashi's body was found in the sea about 300 meters off the coast of Nago or Nago in Okinawa province. It is reported that he was wearing snorkeling equipment at the time. So this is unfortunately, this seems very much an unfortunate accident. Yeah. So, um, obviously most people would know him as the creative Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I think, I don't know if this is the last thing you wrote, but I know I've talked about this before, but, uh, he did a thing for Marvel, uh, called secret reverse. Uh, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it just came out. Uh, me, uh, Agent Seventy Hour was talking about this. I got the right. cover up right there. I still haven't had read the whole thing yet, um, but um, it's basically um, Iron Man and Spider Man at a um, at a science fair. Uh, excuse me, at a um, at a convention, and um, some things going on. There is some card uh, card business that happens because you know it's, it's creative Yu Gi Oh. There there is some cards involved. I will say, so, um, you know, it's it's a sad loss, and that that's because you know, just to create a Yu Gi Oh, a lot of people love that um, love the anime and the manga and the actual game, <laughs> so you know, it's a it's a, it's a loss. Um, next up, though, uh, let's see, we're going into the comic book corner now. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. So, DC actually released um, Harley Quinn Season 3 prequel series, Eat the Eat Bang Kill Tour, uh, uh, for free. And this is on DC Universe Infinite, uh, for, for those interested in checking this out. It says, all six uh, issues are currently free to read on said service. Um Wait, it says for all uh, infinite subscribers. So I assume if you're not, if you're just, if you just have a free account, but I think they, I know stuff, some of the stuff like this, they'll just put it out to where you could just, you don't even need an account for it and you just read it for free. I know they've done that for Fred, for, for stuff in the past. Um, and this is probably one of those cases for how long? I'm not sure. Cause sometimes they, they tend to sweep that back up. So, but if you're interested, you can go check it out next up. Black Adam DC Multiverse action figures are on sale now. If you are interested in picking up the figures, they are on sale now. You can pre-order them on, on, on Amazon or Entertainment Earth. Um, and other toy uh, outlets. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you can get you know a whole bunch of these characters from Black Adam to the Hawkman, the movie Hawkman to... Uh, Cyclone to Dr. Fate to Adam Smasher to the bad guy Sabak. Um, so the bad guy, I think, is the builder figure. Oh, no, no, it's the me- it's a mega figure, so it's an extra sized character. Mm. Sabak just reminds me of that card game from Star Wars. That's what exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's why I was sitting here chuckling. I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, and wait, I thought, hold on, did I miss something? Oh, I'll put it in a, a different place. Never mind. Uh, DC reveals why Dark Crisis villain uh, wanted to murder the Justice League. And we're talking about our old friend, Pariah, the crying man. Of course, the crying man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, that's, uh, it's a, I guess it 
kind of a spoiler for uh, Dark Crisis number two, which came out this week, but I haven't read it, and I'm fairly certain uh, Agent 70 has not. So kind of doesn't matter. Won't really go into it anyway. Um, but yeah, I guess the reasons why he wants wanted to just slee out of the way are revealed. Next up. DC's Flashpoint Beyond number three ends with the tease of a new dangerously violent Robin. Okay. I did not read this. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, uh, Flashpoint Beyond number three is written by Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, and Tim Sheridan with arts. Uh, uh, I'm just not going to go through all of the credits. So, but throughout the series, Thomas Wayne, the Batman of the Flashpoint universe, has taken in Dexter Dent, Harvey and Gilda's son, after Harvey was killed and Gilda was sent to Arkham Asylum. Uh, so apparently this is the new, more violent Robin. Sure. Can he be any worse than, um, than Jason Todd? Probably. I don't know. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> you know, okay, okay uh, Chandler Roddy Cat Bing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, good news if you like Smallville, uh, I guess. Smallville's Clark Kent and Lex Luthor actors hosting a new rewatch podcast, which has seemed to be a thing to do uh, in certain certain places. I know this is not the first one of those uh, one one of one of those that are around. I know the the dude from Scrubs did theirs. Might be still doing theirs. I don't even know. But regardless, uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenberg, uh, according to Variety, are going to host a Smallville rewatch podcast called Talkville. From Cumulus Media, the new podcast will follow uh, Welling and Rosenberg as they, duh, come on. Um, they'll share share the watch the show, share behind the scenes information and anecdotes. Which I, I don't know. I heard rumors they've been kind of teasing this and or something like this uh, for a minute now, so not surprising. And Welling, I guess, just came back for that um, Arrowverse crossover, which probably wouldn't have anything to do with that. This, but nevertheless, doesn't help. Uh, doesn't hurt. Um, so yeah, um, when does it start? I think it starts soon. Like sometimes it's July. Yeah. July 13th, uh, with new episodes dropping each, uh, Wednesday on all the part, uh, places that you, uh, mentioned. And it's also kind of funny that you mentioned channel and Bean because there's a news article on this page <laughs> that, that had the picture of him, uh, that has him on it. So that's kind of funny. Next up. All right, next up, so uh, a new piece from Sideshow uh, Collectible, no, from Diamond Select Toys Marvel Animated line, I apologize. So it is a Marvel Animated style She-Hulk statue. It is based specifically on Scotty Young's cover for 2014 She-Hulk number one. Credit goes to sculptor Casey Barnard for translating that image to 3D. Uh, the statue is priced at sixty-nine, no, forty-nine ninety-nine, and is limited to three thousand pieces worldwide. Pre-orders open Friday have opened, or they, they've been open mm-hmm. since Friday, June twenty-fourth, with an estimated release window of early twenty twenty-three. So um, hopefully you can get one if you like what this looks like. Yeah, I remember this cover, and I think I have it actually. Um, no, actually, I don't think I do have it, um, but I remember seeing this cover. But I feel like I remember seeing that the She-Hulk somewhere else. Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, the X-Men's most controversial resurrection has left them open for Cosmic War. This is a spoiler for last week's X-Men Red, which I still haven't read um, at this point. Um, 
but according to the permalink, has something to do with Zandra. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, I don't remember this. See, again, I remember reading Rexman Red, but I don't remember this or the other thing that I forgot to mention to you last week uh, happening. So, but basically, there was a resurrection that might cause a controversy. Um, controversy. And um, may cause some stuff uh, going down the line for for right. our. I talked. I was about to say I talked about it. It wasn't. It wasn't like uh, finished, but it was definitely you know something that they had already set in motion. Right. I don't know if that's a new story on that, but we'll put that there. Next up, though, Marvel's X Men twenty ninety nine returned with a new Phoenix, Cyclops, and North Star. So this is in Spider-Man 2099 Exodus number five by writer Steve Orlando. So, um, yeah, so this is uh, an upcoming issue of Spider-Man 2099 Exodus. I don't think this has come out yet. I thought I thought that issue had come out. Number I five? There, I thought so. Man, I could be wrong. I, th- I feel like there was the a issue. The issue releases August 3rd. OK, I thought. But then there was one that just came out. So maybe that was four. Right. Then. Right, okay. exactly. That's why. That's why I, I, I questioned the uh, the issue number. Right, I didn't know what the issue number was. I just remember seeing it in our in our box. So, mm-hmm. I just don't remember it going up to five. That's gotcha. just a pure guess on my part. Gotcha. Uh, Black Panthers, Shuri, and Killmonger star in a in Marvel's new Wakanda series. Um, so Wakanda is a new five-issue limited series from Marvel Comics launching this fall, uh, spinning out of John Ridley's ongoing Black Panther run. Uh, Wakanda will put a spotlight on different fan-favorite Wakandan characters in each issue. Kicking things off in issue number one, which comes from writer Stephanie Williams and artist uh, Paco Medina. In fact, I heard about this from Stephanie Williams, uh, her Twitter rather, not from her particularly, but anyway. Um, is a story spotlighting Shuri T'Challa uh Y'all know who Shuri is. Come on, what are you? This is one of those age of seventy things. Like you know who Kevin Feige is. You know who did you know? At this point, you probably know who Shuri is. But if you don't know, that's Black Panther's right. sister. I was about to say this is not on the level of Kevin Feige, though. <laughs> in some in some respects, it is. But you know, um, well, I mean, it's, if they've seen the movie it, it specifically, the, right? But regardless, anyway, um, Shuri proves that being without the Black Panther doesn't mean Wakanda is without heroes to protect it. I mean, this has also been proven before in the comics, but we're, we're less upset on that. Uh, and there is a reason she too once wielded the power. There you go. <laughs> Marvel said of this issue. So yeah, um, each issue will additionally contain a backup story written by uh, Evan Narcisse and uh, artist Nachabustos called History of the Black Panthers. Uh, the stories will provide fans a definitive look uh, at all of the past Wakandans who have previously been the Black Panther prior to T'Challa for the very first time. So, that's cool. Um, first issue goes on sale October 12th, if, that, if I have not said that before. Next up. On the last day of Pride Month, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power showrunner Nate Diana Stevenson shared an update on his gender journey with fans in the fitting form of a mini webcomic. In Stevens' comic shared via Twitter, the artist reintroduced himself to fans as Nate, a name which he stated he's been using privately with close friends for almost a year. While Stevenson now uses he-him pronouns, he discussed gender as a more complex spectrum of which he's been navigating. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I know you were. 
Same thing was running through my head. Uh, great. Uh, let's see. Boom Studios announces two new editorial hires. Um, actually, I wish I had put this a little closer, but it's all right. It's coming up. Um, let's see. Who are these people? Um, Chantel LaRock. That's funny. And John Moison. Uh, are both on the uh, editorial staff uh, as senior editor and acquisition editor um, consecutively. There you go. Next up. GoGo Power Rangers announced the new debut of a new Mystery Ranger. Boom Studios announced announces that July 13th, uh, it's next week, Power Rangers number 21 by writer Ryan Parrott, or Parrot, and artist Marco Renna will debut a new mysterious ranger. Okay. Yeah, because you know they've never done any mystery, mystery rangers ever in the history of Power Rangers. Right. Like, what color is this ranger going to be now, huh? <laughs> Puce. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chartreuse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to catch up with this because I've heard some good things about um, the, 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 the two books. But anyway, um, Keanu Reeves to headline Berserker panel in Hall H uh, at Comic-Con 2022. Excellent! Yay! Very good. Um, IGN has exclusively revealed that reveals uh, that Reeves will be there and taking part in a panel devoted to his comic book series Berserker because his love for you is like Berserker. Um, dubbed Keanu Reeves' Berserker, The Immortal Saga Continues. The panel will focus on the upcoming finale of the Boom Studios series and the future of the franchise as Netflix continues to develop a live-action film adaptation and anime series, I believe one of which we probably talked about before. I can't remember if the other one was. Uh, Based on the title, we uh, wouldn't be surprised if a sequel to the comic is revealed during the panel, uh, according to this article. The panel will be, if you're going or if you're just waiting for the time for the announcements afterwards, July 22nd uh, at 3 to 4 p.m. So, uh, Joining Reeves will be Matt Kent, the co-writer, the movie screenwriter, uh, Mattson Tomlin, Matt Ganyan, uh, Eric Halburn, and Stephen Christie. All of Boom. Next up. All right, and some more sad news that I have to report this week. Wizard Wizard co-founder and former editor-in-chief Pat McCallum has passed away. DC Group editor Chris Conroy confirmed McCallum's, McCallum's passing on Twitter. McCallum himself worked at DC from 2011 to 2019. Um, uh, Wizard launched in 1991. Man, I remember when I was getting Wizard on a regular basis. Um, I never subscribed, but I definitely picked it up from my comic shop, especially in college. Oh, I used to thumb through it every time I go to a bookstore or the comic book store. So, yeah, I I also remember. Yeah, so he was the one of the, you know, him and Garib Seamus, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he served as editor-in-chief of Wizard before being let go in 2006 amid staffing changes at the company. Wizard ceased publication in 2011, being replaced by the online-only magazine Wizard World. So I remember, I mean, by the time uh, we got to 2006, I had stopped reading Wizard for many years. Mm -hmm. But I remember getting it through, you know, past graduation, past law school, you know, like going into like maybe 2002. Right. 
you know, something like that, like 2002, maybe 2003. That's when I officially just like stopped getting wizard. You know, you, you know, there would be some issues I would just not pick up, but I definitely picked it up, you know, on a semi-regular basis up until about that point. Right. Yeah. So sad loss um, yep. again. Uh, Victor Lavelle's Eve returns in Eve Children of the Moon, which reminds me that um, I think that last Sabretooth issue came out who, um, also by the same writer. Um, this week. Anyway, uh says here that you will discover a brand new adventure from Hugo Award nominated author Victor Lavelle in October 2022 when you read Eve, Children of the Moon. Uh, and then followed is a press release uh, from Boom Studios about this uh, with the creative team and the premise of said book. So, you check that out in the show notes. Next up, all right, last but not least, we have a story here about um, a publication titled Judge Kim and the Kids Court. This is a children's lit book. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the Treehouse Court is now in session in this first book in the Judge Kim and the Kids Court Level 3 Ready to Read graphic series about a young judge who presides over conflict of all sizes in her neighborhoods. Who appointed you, Judge? I mean, just saying. <laughs> just saying, right? So this, the list price is six ninety nine, and you can order this now. A- Agent Seventy's uh, uh, legal um, <laughs> legal legal um, ties are. Um, <laughs> you know, I can just imagine people saying that. Who who made you judge? Who elected you, Judge? Huh? So but anyway. Uh, yeah, so the reason why I put this in here is because, and I, I wish we actually had him on the show one time, but um, it's uh, the part of the creative team is Joseph P. Illage, Illage which is a, a noted um, uh, editor for many places now with uh, Heavy Metal, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, he's a Brooklynite. He's, he's from around my oh, way. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's one of the writers on this book. I was about to say, I've met him, you know, just, you know, casually, you know, obviously not professionally or anything like that, or not even right. as part of the podcast. I just sort of, you know, passed him by in a store and said, what's up? I, I saw him at a comic, <laughs> actually, you know, I saw him at Heroes Con, now that I think about it, and I was uh, taking random pictures, and as he was signing the book, and he, and I was taking a picture of him, and he just had, happened to look at me as I was taking the picture. I was like, whoop, the eagle eyes editor strikes again. Right. So, but I never actually went over and talked to him because he was running around. So, um, plus I wouldn't have, wouldn't have known what to say to him at the time anyway. So, I don't know. Seems all right. Either way, though, this is kind of cool. If you got some kids in your life and might be, or it has all ages for, you know, who's to say you can't be kidding, not read this. And that, folks, is uh, the end of uh, our news. Can we get one more ad read? Our last ad reader of the night, you know what we read when it's late and we're tired. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks, that is it for the show. We have no more movie protocol for the foreseeable future. 
Um, but we do have Miss Marvel coming up. The last episode of Miss Marvel coming up next week. So yeah, because yeah. I guess movie program won't be until what kind of forever. Right, November. Yeah. Um, and we got She Hulk coming up, but that's that's, that's a, a whole another month away. So, and that's not even a movie. That's a, a Disney Plus. So anyway, um, we will be back next week uh, on our normal time Thursday nights, unless something happens. Hopefully, heaven forbid that does. But um, Thursday nights, nine thirty ish p.m. On wood. I know, right? Nine thirty ish p.m. Um, and uh, recording on. YouTube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. We thank you for uh, popping in. If you do happen to pop in, but you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast. Wait, actually let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. I have been Radicat. Sorry, it's hot, folks. I am just messing with me. Um, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter and you can find me at news news need on Twitter. You can find me at CB caps on Instagram. Although I could have just switched it up either way. It wouldn't matter. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and some umbrella sites therein. Um, I still haven't watched Umbrella, Chron- uh, Umbrella Academy, but that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, the Osiris that is ish. You can find him at that. You can also find him at uh, CB Cron, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. You can also find him on The Click Nation uh, on Twitter. That's V-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, you can also find him at uh, comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, actually unknowingly provided us with uh, a couple of uh, articles uh, from this week's show. So definitely go check out those articles and check out this other stuff he's uh, he's reading. I mean, he's uh, writing. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You can, again, find this here podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast preserve place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, and since I've given the other particulars for our recordings, uh, I don't need to do that again. This, folks, has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. And here's a new outro. Ooh. Oh, not the more you know. <laughs> 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 oh, nice, 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 nice.